What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Husband and Wife Talk podcast. My name is Corey. My name is Alex. And I'm very excited about today's conversation. Today we have Fresh Lev White. He is a loving, compassionate activist. His pronouns are he and or they. Love offers mindfulness, coaching, meditation, and diversity trainings as tools for shifting towards more authentic, conscious, and passionate living. He offers trainings and workshops on dismantling race and racism, LGBTQI allyship, and dismantling microaggressions workshops for workplaces, between roommates, and for families. Wow. That is quite the resume. My <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Nice to see you and meet you. Yeah. yeah, we actually got connected um, through my my mother. Um, can I just ask how do you how do you know Deborah, the the one and only? That's right. We met uh, when she was working out of Oakland, uh, training therapists in a program through um, John F. K. University, mm -hmm. and she invited me in to do um, the transgender and LGBTQ trainings, and that would be um, almost like I want to say. 2012 ish 2013 wow. yeah it's hard to believe it was that long ago but yeah that's awesome yeah i know she's done a whole lot of work with uh training other therapists and and working for jfku and i just know that anyone that like works with her is just always like your mom is so great like, yeah she's she great works mom. hard to be inclusive and just yeah. aware yeah yeah, I, she really uh, is responsible for, I have, I, I'm definitely like an empath and, you know, growing up, I wanted to be a counselor as well. That's like, I think it's in my like high school yearbook of like, where do you see yourself in 10 years? I was going to be like, I'm going to be a therapist and I'm going to have my own practice. You know, she was like a really inspiring woman who like went back to school and like always kind of encouraged me to explore my feelings and talk about them even like when they were uncomfortable, but it's been an incredible gift because I can kind of walk into a room now and like sense energy like a little I feel like a little bit better and pick up on like cues when people are uncomfortable so um, I try to like use those powers that she gave me for good you know <laughs> totally totally yay and I bet you're doing some therapy through your work yeah a little bit sometimes yeah sometimes yeah. Yeah. um before we get started with uh, your background and what you do we do a, a little segment called Wednesday Wisdom um I will go ahead and go first um, I've been like researching, uh, we've been watching a lot of Queer Eye, the, the new season. We started it maybe like three weeks ago and we're already almost finished the season five. We are so, so addicted yeah. and it's, <laughs> it's just such a, like a heartwarming show and it's just when we're having, you know, it's, there's so much heaviness in the world right now that sometimes I'm like, I just really need to like cry positive tears <laughs> and every episode gets me every episode well i think what i've been taking away from it is like my wisdom would be like it's okay to like think and take care of yourself in the way that you want to take care of yourself and for everyone that's different you know i love this idea of like feeling good from the outside in taking time for yourself you know eating good food uh living in a place that's like healthy so like taking taking the time to to take care of yourself in a way that makes you happy, be it buying clothing or, or whatever that might be. It's really helped me shift more of my attention to myself, which is I, I'm constantly just kind of ignoring things and work, work, work. So I'm like, I got to refill my own cup before I go yeah. <laughs> out into the world and help other people. Yeah. It, it also, I, this isn't really my Wednesday wisdom, but I would just tag on to that. Corey knows, and a lot of people who are close to me, I am a fitness instructor. So I'm, practically living in lycra and yoga clothes and there's a lot of time like 
it, when I come out of the like when I come out of our room and I'm wearing jeans or like what I say real people clothes, Corey's like, oh my gosh, you're wearing real clothes. This is so great. And so it's watching the show for me also. It, it's kind of eye opening of yes, this is you know my uniform, but I don't always have to dress in that, and I can make more of an effort for him, my partner. <laughs> um, even though sometimes my my practical brain is like, well, I'm gonna have to change in like two hours to teach, but. I can make a little bit more of an effort. I didn't know um, that, that you got that out of that. That's good. Yeah, yeah. You learn new something new every day. <laughs> well, and I'm wondering, and what does his effort look like? Uh, well, he ha he is very into fashion, and he likes presenting himself well. And um, he he does make make an effort of making sure his hair looks nice and wearing. He often wears. Um, clothes that I view as impractical, but he feels nice in them. Um, like <laughs> impractical what? meaning it's it's 89 degrees outside, and he's in jeans and a long sleeve button up shirt. But I look good. I look good. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> I need the least amount of clothes on my body as possible because it's 89 and the humidity yeah. is 60 <laughs> percent. Yeah. What about what about you? What's your Wednesday? Um, my Wednesday was is actually very similar to that. It's um, knowing when to put yourself first more. Um, a friend of mine who's also um, a yoga teacher said healers need healing too mm. and that really got me because um, a lot of us are doing a lot of work in promoting Black Lives Matters and pr promoting the movement and sometimes I feel like I need to give 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 and I have to realize that I do still need to give to myself because if I'm not putting my oxygen mask on first, I can't help others in my full capacity. So um, just knowing that, you know, it's okay to take care of yourself and sometimes you need to, to help take care of others. So yeah, that's my Wednesday wisdom. What about you, Lev? <laughs> oh man, that's, that's like the theme of my work is self-compassion um, and on a more professional level I'm part of a, <clears throat> excuse me it's called mindful self-compassion program that's led by um, Kristen Neff and um, goodness I can't remember the last names Chris Germer and so it's a program that's based you know primarily on taking care of ourselves and for me it's like like you said, is the reason we put the oxygen mask on first, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. Oh, Wednesday wisdom. That's my everyday wisdom. <laughs> and and that. you know, today's Fourth uh, of July, and um, yeah, I was thinking about um, you know the special care that needs to happen for all the people who are even waking up to the farce of what it all means. Mm -hmm. um, that it wasn't ever liberty for all. Yeah. And that people actually, you know, suffered during those, you know, during the first 4th of July and continue to do so today. Mm -hmm. yeah. So how do we like honor all the laborers today and all the people who yeah. were not free and people who are still, um, you know, figuring out, you know, how, how to get free. Yeah. And, and it doesn't mean that we have to be in like a negative place of despair. It might be like, because it's still an opportunity to connect with our friends and family. What, where can we bring mindfulness around that? Right. Yeah. yeah. So I've been sharing with people, I love hamburgers. So my meat that I buy is always from a local farm. It's not available to everybody, but you know, can mm -hmm. I get, can I buy local? Who are the, 
what are the black owned restaurants that I can get my food from today and yeah. or any anybody under the um, I don't like the term minority but anybody who's in an oppressed position mm -hmm. so if there's no black owned one is there a female owned one is there an Asian owned one is there yeah. a you know Latin place that I can go to just like being mindful because that's also a self-care practice yeah yeah at the end of the day, you go to bed knowing that you actually consciously um, had an impact, at least in some small way, um, in in honoring your values. Yeah. Oh man. I love that. I love that. We we talked a little bit. I've I've personally on. We talked a little bit about this on our last podcast. I personally have never been a huge like Fourth of July supporter. It's just not. It's, I hate to say, I don't want to say like I'm not patriotic, but I also kind of am in a way not super patriotic. It's just never a holiday that I've connected with and especially now. And I try and be as optimistic as possible, but I've been thinking of this as a kind of like a pessimistic approach of like, I don't really want to celebrate this holiday knowing that it's, you know, and it's also, it's like something I've always known, but it's never really been brought to my attention and learning about Juneteenth and learning how the black community says that this was our, you know, this was our independence. This is our 4th of July, like 4th of July. Um, but I like the way you just said, you know, in you, we can turn to people of oppression and, and, um, leaning towards supporting these people instead of viewing it as in my opinion like or what i'm doing is viewing it in kind of like a negative way i can still make it more of a positive celebration and help others so i like that thank you yeah thank you for sharing yeah i mean i'm thinking um so i, I really appreciate what you're saying you know questioning what is it to be a patriot and uh, certainly um, that has a really bad reputation right now, right? Because mm -hmm. the Patriots right now are in a delusion about the founding of the country. They're in a delusion about, um, you know, whose quote unquote country this is. Like there's so much delusion and violence when we yeah. think about what a Patriot is. And I believe that countries are also delusional we've made them up we draw a line somewhere we are part of the americas that were here long before we created the united states so i right. i even try to not use the word america so much because that is not that should be inclusive of south america as well yeah and we can still love where we are the idea is like the idea is is sort of like loving where we are without having it having to be better than someone else's mm -hmm. right right so you know Corey can love his you know button-down shirt because <laughs> it looks good on him but it doesn't have to be in competition of somebody else's shirt right yeah. and that's part of the system that's set up for us and why we even get to this place of you know, uh, racism is is fueled by the scarcity, this idea of scarcity that comes from the people who have the most. So they teach us that there's not enough. We get into this lateral oppression place where I'm putting you down because you're taking something from me. And, and really, um, yeah, sorry, I, I kind of gone on a rant, but it's really like, if we can actually be together and honoring each other mm -hmm. instead of and getting out of that place that we learned about, if not before in kindergarten, um, like that's how we sort of um, mm -hmm. create the kind of country that we want to 
that we can be proud of. Yeah. You know, it's, I, we, we, I've been talking a lot about this idea that I see for all intents and purpose, we'll just call the right. This idea of like American exceptionalism, right? And I, I think it, a lot of it stems from, we did a good thing in World War II, right? And like America came to save the day. And I feel like there's a lot of people on the right that are like, this is the greatest country in the world. And how dare you try to take down, like, you know, all these things and like America is the best. And it's like, well, for a long time now, we, we haven't been showing up in a way that's like proving that we're exceptional or great. Mm -hmm. We're kind of like piggybacking on the previous generations of like work. And so, you know, this idea that we're the greatest nation on earth, I, I love, you kind of made me think of it in a different way. Like there are no nations, there are no, it's all made up. It's all like, made up. It's all made up, you know? And it's like that, you kind of just blew my mind uh, <laughs> as I was like thinking about it. Um, Cause this, this, just this idea of like American exceptionalism is not the case anymore. And anyone that can't see that is kind of, I feel like maybe going to have a harder time later down the road. The other thing is to really look at, um, we have to analyze like, or at least be, get more curious. So were we the heroes? Because we did a lot of abuse before we became heroes, right? So um, even whether it was turning away Jews on ships that when they first started coming mm -hmm. to be rescued or the ways that we treated Japanese in this country. Mm -hmm. So I think we have to be really careful about any time we decide that this was a great moment for us. Because at the end of the day, We've been built, and I learned so much from Hamilton and doing research after that. We've been built, we were created as a country to, um, uh, we're a monarchy. <laughs> we just don't call it that, right? So yeah. we have, well, we have a plutocracy. Right. And people don't even know what that means. What it means is we have a wealthy class of people who are ruling us. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they give us little things right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes they'll give us some money to support some of our health care, right. right? And we think that that's a democracy, but we actually don't have any say in it. But the, the point is that, and we, we and so what, where we, well, what we leave out is the part about, like, we the people have been so um, manipulated, so um, uh, I don't know, I, uh, bamboozled been my word, you know, mm -hmm. just like the idea that we have no sense of power. Yeah. We have absolutely no sense of power. Yeah. And, the, and for example, the Democratic Party um, is holding up this person that most people I know under 40 are not going to vote for. They don't like him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and, and yet... Um, People don't know that they can demand something different, right? That's that's democracy. Yeah, that's democracy. Is when we stand up and we say we need a viable candidate for whatever reason, not yeah. to go too far off and not to defend. You know, I don't want to offend anybody that doesn't like Joe. It could be anybody. Right. But as a citizenry, it's actually our responsibility to manage the government. Yeah, it's our not duty. to yeah. to our duty. Thank you. Not to yeah. totally allow it all to be. Um, for us to, um, you know, we're, we're not victims. 
Right. There's too many victims out there. Uh, yeah. 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 Do you think, do you think that, uh, I mean, this might be an interesting question. Uh, I believe, I mean, personally, I mean, I'm learning a lot today, so maybe I'll change my mind. I think that it, that voting is like at its very core, what being an American, like part of, part of what being an American is. I think it's like a sacred right. I think it's important that the ideas of which the country was built on voting is like a very important thing. So when I hear people say, I don't like either one of them, I'm not voting. I get a little like, hey, maybe think about a lot of people that have sacrificed for whatever reason, your right to vote, you know? Do you have like a thought on people who choose not to vote or? Well, I have a thought on what you just said. So my first thought is like, um, I agree, right? Like it's one of our American things. And then my question would be, what have you done to stop the dismantling of voting systems across the country? Because it's great to believe that. Yeah. But as we're watching people have less and less access to voting, mm -hmm. yeah, right? So, and, and that's not like a personal question because we're, we're, I think a lot of us are challenged with that because um, totally. we, don't, we don't even know who the hell our, con you know, our, our supervisors are, much less how to make sure that the voting systems in our cities and towns are set up to be accessible by everyone, right? right? So that's, the second part of it is, you tell me, should I vote for the guy who will gladly not only, you know, probably have me strung up, but the guy who would like gladly see me shot, or do I vote for the guy that pretends he cares? So let tell me which one you think that I should vote for. Yeah, I mean, if I'm, if I'm going to play along with this and I have to choose one, I would say vote for the one that pretends to care. Yeah. That's what I would That's say. That's because it's not your life. Right. And that's because you haven't had the re repetition of the same, this, this has been the same since we, since, you know, certainly since I was be born and before. Right. That's a, that's an amazing point. Yeah. I hear what you're saying. It's such an important question. And it, yeah. and it does matter that I'm not, that you're not me or, or your wife isn't answering that question or your brother or somebody who looks like you isn't asking that question. Mm -hmm. The response will be for me, wait, wait it out. It'll take, you know, it'll be happening. But there's nooses in my neighborhood as of two weeks ago. So what am I, I, I don't, I really, we, we can do better. I, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And so the, instead of asking for the person who is suffering in any way to get up and do better, why don't we, or you, for example, with more power, like what is your role in making change happen? Yeah. In making it happen now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a tough one. It's a mm -hmm. hard one. Because if it wasn't for Trump, we wouldn't, we may not see what black people and brown people have been experiencing because because white people has have had the option to change the channel mm -hmm. yeah and not look yeah yeah and so 
and when I was when Hillary was running, and I, I was just thinking, it's the difference between being in the you know the frog in the pot where the water temperature goes like this. This is the Democrats, and this is the Republicans. So do you want to just sit there in the slow boil as you're watching the middle class shrink smaller and smaller? Right now, we've got people who we call essential workers who are making minimum wage and getting eviction notices. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what are we waiting for? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I'm not saying you're going to solve that. And Corey, I see your face. I, I don't mean to. It's, no, it's not... this is no. This is good. And my, no, my follow-up question is, how can how can I guess where where I get blocked up is like, what do I do? Like it feels so. So part of my journey with understanding this is like educating myself and really. Like, I'll be honest with you, man. Like, I've had a lot of very uncomfortable conversations about my whiteness with my friends who are of color and in the LGBTQ community. And, like, definitely feeling ashamed. Like, straight up. Like, I, mm. I feel I am ashamed. And I think that part of what I can do moving forward is being developed right now. Like this is what I'm learning about and I want to be better and be an example for, uh, for change. So that's like what these are about. Yeah. For me, at least. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can I, before you go, Alexandra, if you don't mind, yeah. I don't know if you're going to say something. So the first, just cause I'll miss, I'll forget what you were saying. <laughs> the first part is, um, uh, in March, and I, I haven't actually done it since then, I called my congressman, my congressperson, and I said, I need to know, um, yeah, I didn't say that. I called up and I said, hello, um, I'm interested in learning what you're doing about canceling rent and mortgages and how I can help. Yeah. So um, since then, I've, I've signed petitions, I've made other phone calls, and I need to call my congressperson again. So at the minimal, this is what we can do. You don't have to leave your house. You don't have to protest. Yeah. But you actually put you as in like we put somebody in office or not, like even if we didn't vote for them, they're still a representative. How are we making sure that that waiter doesn't get kicked out of their house when COVID is lifted because they haven't been able to pay rent for the last X right. amount of months, right? Yeah. The second part of your question, which now I'm trying to remember what it was. Yes. So um, I'm really fortunate to have the opportunity and, you know, really gift to be able to be a mindfulness instructor. And I go back and forth about whether I'm Buddhist or not, because I really honor the Buddhist teachings. I just don't, uh, you know, I've got my, um, today I'm wearing a, a my J Jewish shirt, you know, with a Black Lives Matter, you know, because, you know, I also go to shul. So I don't, I'm not like really <clears throat> locked into, sorry, frog. <laughs> Give me a second. All good. <laughs> I'm not really locked into identifying in one way. Um, but because of that, I get to talk to people about guilt and shame and how, um, first, firstly, really, it's not, it's not your fault. It's not your fault that you didn't know. And like, it's really important for people to understand that, 
it's not their fault for what they didn't know. It's not our fault for what we didn't know. I mean, I didn't know a lot of it growing up in the Bronx with like a rainbow of people. I was like, everybody's getting beat up by the cops around here. You yeah. know, this is like, we're getting equal torture terror, you know, <laughs> so, you know, it's like, but um, you're not supposed to know that um, I actually have less opportunity in, than you. You're not supposed to know that, um, and I fortunately went to some pretty good schools when I went to school. You're not supposed to know that the school books are different, that the access to resources are different. You're not supposed to know that. And there's no encouragement to research that. So it's very rare that you'll find someone, uh, you know, there are obviously white people, Howard Zinn, always be you know honoring his work um who are investigating and looking but that's not what you're encouraged to do what you're encouraged to do is keep going on like you're the solo man who's like making things happen and it's because of you and only you that you're getting what you need and and you know as long yeah. as you work hard and that's not just damaging to you know people of color it's damaging to white people as well shame has no place guilt has no place guilt is Guilt, guilt is like an escape. Oh, I feel so guilty, but it, then how does that support anybody? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I encourage you to, you know, be gentle and stay curious and notice if like maybe the shame, can, you know, has a different shape. Maybe yeah. the shame is just, you know, you know, I'm really sorry that I didn't fucking know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've definitely been feeling that. Yeah. I've definitely been feeling you know? that. You know, and yeah. then and then it feel like it's like a it's like this snowball of like I feel bad and and then I'm ashamed and then I feel dumb like it's been in front of me this whole time and I don't yeah. see it and I feel yeah. stupid. Right. And then, I, and then I'm back yeah. into feeling ashamed. You know, it's like kind yeah. of this like vicious circle. So, but yeah. but I mean, but but like also at the same same time, like now I feel now now I'm here having a pity party when I'm not the one that has That's been what I'm saying. This whole time. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's useless. It's not supporting so anybody. Like, yeah, yeah. So like I'm, right? I'm learning to kind of and, get over this. And the tendency to like, oh my god, I had a I'm having I think hopefully it's over a really intense conversation with someone, a white guy who was sort of crying. Um, at the end of a call, we had a call. I had a business meeting right after he knew it. And right at the end of the call, he just started crying, talking about how sorry he was for everything that was happening for me. And I was like, you know, I'm empathetic. I mean, right away, I'm like, and I'm like, dude, I have a call in five minutes. Mm -hmm. and, um, and he couldn't see the harm in that at all mm. he couldn't see it professionally on the phone we were having a professional conversation i was going into he couldn't see how that might impact me professionally and he yeah. couldn't see how like why crying with me or on me really about mm. him having to witness what's happening for me is harmful yeah there's hardcore. a lot to unpack there yeah yeah, yeah. hardcore so yeah. still i'm still feeling it that's why i'm like Ugh. yeah um, so how did you get into this line of work? I mean, you clearly have a very good way of making people think. Because I, like I said, I think I've had two epiphanies now on this call. So how did you get into this line of work and what brought you uh, into the, this field? When I was like, um, I, when I was like, I don't even know, maybe five or six years old, 
we would sit in the backyard and my dad and my god family lived right next door they were actually an interracial couple i'm an adoptee by a west indian black west indian a black southern person so my my dad and my and my step and my um godfather would go fishing and then the adults would have a party and i would do like story circles and okay. i would talk about the creation of the earth and all these things <laughs> so um and then um, also growing up around alcoholism, I just became, you know, that Al-Anon, you know, take care of everything person. Mm. And so all my life, I've been supporting people with really seeing that they're enough and that they're love and they are worthy. Things that I wasn't receiving on a regular basis, but I knew mm. to be true. And so... Um, and then uh, jump forward decades, um, I started uh, in a coaching practice. So I, I got certified as a coach through the Coaches Training Institute here in California. And um, yeah, I always, um, and, and I think maybe some of my al stuff or ADD stuff, like I've always enjoyed being in front of the room. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. so i started training people invited me in to do training so that's how it started and um are you the only child no i mean um there was another person who was adopted but i'm totally disconnected from the whole adopted okay. family so mm -hmm. i'm sort of an only person okay. right now <laughs> except for chosen uh some chosen family yeah. um yeah yeah, so I got started and continued to start and grow because I love people. Like, I've always loved people. I was sharing with someone, you know, the, you know, being able to hold this idea of being a black, you know, I, I was, you know, as a black dyke basically before, um, you know, this black masculine person walking around New York City with my paddle. I used to play paddle ball all the time. Mm -hmm. And like, um, really doing a great job at connecting pe with people, but being an invisible person in our society, mm -hmm. right? Because how many yeah. black lesbians are you seeing, right? And not the, you know, not to put down people wearing lipstick, but not the lipstick lesbians, but like literally, um, you know, tomboy, butch. And then choosing, really spending time, 10, mere, 10 years for me to decide, do I transition to wearing a beard? Yeah. going from this invisible person to the target person mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you know it's a big uh it's a big decision to make uh i worry i worry mostly about mistaken identity that mm -hmm. i will be shot by someone because they think i'm somebody else and so i do this work because i think if I can make it this far in my life and still be loving and still have these battles, like I believe that many of us still can. And I have lots of compassion for those who don't. Right. So if you, if you, if you're having, you know, I've never looked at anyone on the street and thought, what's your problem? I've always thought, you know, may you be healed, you know, mm -hmm. may, may whatever you need come your way. Yeah. And, and that's part of the whole idea about, you know, our capital, our, the way that we do capitalism, because I think we can still do conscious capitalism. I believe we can do that. I believe we can still be very creative and competitive without anyone going hungry. 
So, because yeah. I know that there's enough. And so um, I've been working against scarcity consciousness, against the idea that if I have, then you can't have. But working for this idea that there's enough for all of us and that you are enough and I am enough and we are mm -hmm. enough. Um, so that's what got me into this work, my passion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm, I'm just blown away at the stories. Um, can you talk to me a little bit about how, I mean, I, this is probably like a huge thing to unpack, but maybe some people that are listening might not understand what a microaggression is. I oh, know sure. that, you deal, oh, yeah. that you deal with those. I was wondering if you could just maybe talk to me a little bit about what a microaggression is and uh, yeah. 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 I remember when I first started talking about them, I would talk about how if your mother or your grandmother watched soap operas, you're guaranteed <laughs> to be someone who um, practices microaggressions. <laughs> so microaggressions are like little indignities or, um, you know, they're little things that we may say for the, on the side. Um, my New York experience had a lot of sarcasm. So sarcasm can be microaggressions. Um, and there are ways that cause harm to individuals or communities. Mm -hmm. um, and we all engage in them. So they're, they're an equal opportunity, you know, it's an equal opportunity uh, defect, as yeah. some uh, groups might call it. And so we dismantle them by um, doing some work around understanding what our values are and, and then and how we're, and then what we're actually doing and saying uh, to support them. Uh, so, you know, it took me a little bit because I grew up in New York, like I said, real, lots of sarcasm in my house it was really unfortunate. I actually, that was affection, was to actually say something um, uh, that was really kind of a dig. So the other thing about uh, microaggressions, they call them that is because you might not know it at first. And then uh, an hour later, you're sort of like, wait, what was that? And that's usually... Uh, what yeah. a microaggression is. So, mm. um, yeah, I've lost my train of thought. Does no, that, that's great. Yeah. That's great. I, um, I just graduated from uh, St. Mary's with my uh, graduate degree in dance. Congratulations. And thank you. Yeah. Uh, I should actually, I shouldn't say just, it was a year ago. <laughs> that's still but, relatively new. I guess, yeah. In five years, it will be new. Now it's yeah. a year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just can't believe we're like this far into 2020. COVID's it feels been, like yesterday when I graduated. I'm sure. <laughs> um, but one of the courses that I took was, um, what was the title social of justice. it? Yes. Dance in social justice. And mm. I remember when, when I saw that on like my upcoming schedule, I was very confused by it because it just seemed like such a narrow topic and it also felt like two different topics in one. And so it was the class that I was most curious and questioning and it was the most interesting class that I think I've ever taken and I've attended four different colleges. <laughs> mm. um, and we, when we learned about microaggressions, it was, I had this like glass shattering moment. And it's like, you know how people say like when you're on your deathbed, like all of your life like flashes in an instant, all of a sudden it was like all these little, like I also have like a very sarcastic kind of like poke fun teasing sense of humor. 
and all of the things that in my mind I thought was like loving, kind, kind mm -hmm. of like joking was like, oh fuck. Like, mm -hmm. did the other person feel that? Or did the other person, like, was I a microaggressor? Like mm -hmm. it was really, really, and I'm, I'm getting a little emotional because it's like, I, I never really meant to do that. And so of it was course. very, it was very eye-opening to me and also very scary that I could have been hurting someone that maybe I loved and I didn't know it. So, excuse me. No, don't, you don't I have don't to excuse to. yourself. <laughs> no, because it's, it's, it's a big deal to walk around harming others and like not be conscious of it. Yeah. Because, you know, because, you know, I think I, I can't say that I didn't absolutely know that I was that I wasn't causing harm. But yeah. I can say that I didn't have the consciousness mm -hmm. to know that there was a, another way that I could communicate. Yeah. Maybe what else was going on for me, but I needed to like comment on your shoes in a certain way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There was something else going on for me that I wasn't. Um, you know, trained or conditioned or schooled to know, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, like Corey was saying, we, I don't know about you two, but I didn't grow up with like, well, you, Corey did like, <laughs> what are your feelings and, and how do you feel about them and how yeah. do you work through them? That, that was never part of my process was like, shut that shit down. Yeah. You yeah. know? Um, <laughs> you know? But I mean like, all, but also when, when you're, when, I mean, I think kind of the opposite thing, like when I was forced to do that, I now like as an adult, have like a harder time because when, when you're pressed to do something, sometimes it's like, mm -hmm. sometimes you just say what the person thinks. Like sometimes I would just say what I thought someone wanted to hear. And then I'm like, right. and then I'm like not being honest. So, I mean, we struggle, I, full disclosure, like I have trouble opening up a lot because it's, it's, it's hard sometimes, but um, yeah, I mean, it's, it must be difficult to have, have had that sarcasm when you didn't know that, like they and maybe the person saying those things didn't know they were hurtful you know you don't realize that i think until later well you know and there's jokes about it like it was just something that we did that make that we made fun of each other and um because that was the only way we knew how to not be vulnerable right yeah. so that's the other part of it is that you know um in our culture um you know, the shell is also what got us in this place mm -hmm. of not being able to see, hear, or have empathy for other people's experiences because we couldn't even hold our own. We weren't even we weren't even tuned into our own. So that's um, that's the important part of like, um, you know, wanting people to do their work, but knowing that shame and guilt like are not necessary tools yeah. they actually can be hindrances mm -hmm. yeah. um and and so what's happening is you go to school competing from day one right yeah. that you have to know everything and some of what's happening for white americans but also for others of us i mean i'm waking up to you know just allowing myself to be like man all these years I walk around like at work having to fake like everything's fine. I have to make like everything's good. Everything's fine. I got to smile more. When I was a kid, I wasn't allowed to wear jeans to school. My mom was like, you need to look like, presentable every day, all the time. And it mm -hmm. was sort of like, 
having to like just be like in a shell the whole time and so just opening up to like the idea that how long I wore that even though I saw other people doing something different like how long I allowed that to happen even though I heard you know it was sort of like I've got to be able to be kind with myself around yeah. what I'm learning and and be okay with what I didn't know and yeah. if if you if you really want to the the thing about power as well is um if it wasn't for scientists that were willing to be wrong, we wouldn't have half the shit we have. <laughs> yeah. That's so just point. even like, it's actually part of our growth to yeah. you know, experience is to be like, oh shit, I thought I got that right. Let me try this other thing. Let me get yeah. it right. We don't have to, um, um, yeah, we don't have to take it on. It doesn't mean that we don't, you know, cause it's painful as hell, right? Yeah. We just watch somebody, literally get murdered on tv right george floyd um and i'm sorry i'm forgetting about the guy the guy in um his name you know the guy who stole the cigarettes right i'm just forgetting his name oh michael brown yeah so we we actually watched him as well i can't breathe i can't breathe and somehow it took another person being killed live on tv by police years later right and um so really like we're not supposed to know and our and the game also is that we're not supposed to know what to do we all know what the fuck to do we know how to go to the mayor's office we know how to call our governor we know how to you know um then the last thing uh, uh, not last thing but i just wanted to say as well um the 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 enough thing just getting back to that even in my talks honoring um my Asian friends who have been literally like talk about microaggressions, like Mm -hmm. macroaggressions because of what this administration is saying and doing. Um, And, and we don't have to um, exclude anybody, uh, you know, whether it's them or, you know, what just happened, um, the president talking um, out Rushmore and, you know, the horror behind that, like, uh, I'm going to roll this back a little bit, but uh, in a second, but also looking at, you know, we've got kids in cages. Yeah. Follow your passion, follow your passion. And we have to allow everybody to follow their passion. So if somebody's really focused on the environment and they're doing that work and they're not as clued in with black lives matter or, you know, anything around black lives, you know, figuring out what kind of tools they need to know, but also letting them focus where they can focus so we can focus where we can focus. We don't want to dictate to people what they're supposed to be doing right now. What we want to do is let people know is that we, we all need to be aware of what's happening. We all need to do the best we can not to cause harm. Like I said, the conscious shopping part, um, you know, how we're spending our money so we can be aware, but we, you know, we don't want to, um, pressure people to do things our way right yeah yeah and just i'm just taking that back to alexandria's um i think brought up in the beginning the self-compassion part it's mm-hmm. like yeah. really taking time to take breaths to be with loved ones to connect yeah. with ourselves um and you know your earth has slowed us down for a reason yeah 
Yeah. yeah. We had our, we had a, a couple friend of ours come over last night and we were talking about how it, it, it does feel like it's awful that five years ago we watched someone get murdered on TV and it took someone else and many in between the two. So many. Many, many in between right, the two. Right. But I can't think of a better word except for to say this like perfect storm of we're stuck inside. We don't really have much distractions. It was so awful to see. And to mention like we have a racist president. And, yeah, and who keeps he, coming out more and more. Yes, yes. And a, our friend last night said, I don't know if it would have been this effective if we had had Hillary as president. And That's the point. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that it, 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 Corey keeps referencing, we have, uh, uh, we've been having a lot of similar conversations with friends and he keeps re referencing this book he's reading about order and chaos. And we had a lot of order from Obama for eight wonderful years. And now we have fucking chaos right now. Right. And it's, I, I wish he, you know, I wish he was not our president. However, it does feel like this, wonderful lack of a better term um storm that has made everyone like come out and i have been one who has i don't like to be super vocal or in the past i have not been super vocal because i don't want to hurt other people's feelings and i don't want to stir the pot but now i'm like fuck this like i cannot be silent anymore and i know that there are a lot of other people that feel the same way as i do and i'm just hoping that all the chaos that we're in right now will push us forward and a friend of mine posted this picture of people saying like i don't want to wear a mask whatever i want to go back to normal like there is no more back to normal it's right. only moving forward to the next best thing it's only moving forward to the change of our future and yeah. i know that in the beginning of COVID, a lot of people were saying like oh let's get back to normal let's get back to normal and now there's just no way that we can go back to normal yeah. well and there was no normal and what no. do they want to go back to exactly. Right? Yeah. exactly and i wish i could remember the artist you know there's a poem um that says you know there you can't go back to normal or something yeah, yeah. i can't find it renee ah oh, so sad i don't I'm, well, if I'm you find it, you can, names. you can send it. I'll send it to you. We'll put it in, yeah. in the show notes. I yeah. want to be respectful yeah. of your yeah. time. Yeah, I know. Thank um, you. Yeah, uh, yeah. I just wanted to, you know, if is if is there a way that we can um, send people to you? Uh, how can we? Yeah, I'm. Um, I have. Um, I'm. I'm on LinkedIn as Fresh Lev White, okay. and I have a website. It's not t terribly up to date, but That's it's okay. um, <laughs> affirmativeacts.org. Great. Affirmativeacts.org. And this will all be in our show notes for people who are listening Thank you. you if you want to connect more or reach out to love it'll you will link it in the show notes so i'm so glad to meet you too and Same. be yeah. able to have wow you know difficult conversation and yeah. uh and sort of just you know be in it together so thank you for your work like yeah. um yeah you're you're doing it <laughs> i'm not saying you. that there's not more but oh, like yeah. really really appreciate like what you're doing right now yeah, well, and I, we really appreciate your yeah. time. We know that you're you're a busy person, a busy so person. Yeah, we're very thankful. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, Lev. Thank you. Uh, this has been an absolute pleasure, and we'll be we'll be in touch soon. Thank you so Great. much. Take care. Bye bye. Yeah. Bye. 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 <laughs>